Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. something for you tonight. I believe it's going to be really good. Could be a little interesting for some of us, but I really think it's time to talk about this. And we're going to reserve about five or ten minutes at the end tonight to pray. We're going to act on some of the things we're going to hear tonight. But turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And if you were with us last week, actually two weeks ago, I missed Sarah taught last week. I'm sure it was absolutely outstanding. I haven't heard the whole message yet, but um, wasn't that last week, Carla? Yes. Okay. Sarah Austin's a faith woman. Love her. She's just, she's one of us. What can you say? In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, let's start reading. We're just going to read a couple verses here. Um, I actually was praying and seeking the Lord, oh, about a week ago, just before we took off to Sarasota. And I got some revelation. I wasn't quite sure when I was going to share it, but I'm going to share it some of it tonight as the Lord leads, um, about the devil and about demons and about their influence and how to recognize them and avoid them and overcome them and put them in their place. Actually, I kind of like to entitle this part two, messing up the devil's plans. You know, we're thinking, you know, I hope he doesn't mess my life up. Why don't you mess his plans up? I mean, instead of us watching out for him, he needs to be watching out for us. Come on, who's got the power? Who's got the authority? Who's got the greater one on the inside of him? Who's got the name above every name? We do, not him. Um, I used to be afraid of the devil until I found out he was afraid of me. And he's not afraid of me in me, John Capetta, but he's afraid of me in Christ. Because he's already come up against the Christ and he lost severely. Spoiled. Paralyzed. And so I want to talk to you about some things because I feel like the enemy is still getting away with way too much stuff. Number one reason, people aren't recognizing his influence. It comes disguised in all kinds of natural things and maybe just, you know, visible problems. But there's things behind the scenes of some of this stuff. Now, not all problems are devils. Not, there's not a demon behind every bush, all right? But there is demonic influence in the earth and a lot more people are yielding to his influence than realize they are. All right, and I think if we know a little bit more about, uh, more about his motive operandi, a little bit more about his, his ways, the, his, maybe some a little bit about his origin, the more we're going to be aware of his tricks. And when he comes to us with sly, genius deception, we'll recognize it. Second Corinthians. Now, this is really interesting scripture because it's going to give us a lot of revelation about what we're supposed to be resisting. Now, when I read this, you're not going to think about resisting this. But when you connect it with the enemy, you're going to see, wait a minute, I need to be resisting some of that stuff that I didn't think was bad. All right, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Let's read, oh, let's just um, read verse 14. Paul says, no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of darkness, grotesqueness. What should we be on guard for? Just according to this verse, what should we be on guard for right here in this one verse? False light. It's going to look bright. You ready? It's going to feel good, but it's going to be demonic. See, I don't know about you, when I'm thinking of the devil, I'm thinking of this ugly Hollywood creature with fangs and drool and fire. And you're thinking of this, almost like this Godzilla-type monster. Well, newsflash, world, he's a very handsome dude. I'll show you a scripture in Ezekiel. It talks about his beauty is amazing. Absolutely mesmerizing. Mesmerized himself right into fall. <laughs> an eternal fall. I, I used to think all demons, if, they, if a demon manifested, there's some demons that manifest feels really, really good. 
their presence feels really good. Are you listening to me? I mean, all demons aren't, ah! There's, there's some demons that are totally wrapped up in pleasure, selfishness, getting your own way. Are you following? So let, read it again. Paul said, For no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. What does that mean? That means he ain't the boogeyman. Are you here listening to me? Don't wait for the boogeyman before you start resisting. Anything that goes against this book right here, resist it. I don't care if it feels wonderful, if the atmosphere is bright, if it goes against this book right here, put your foot down and say, get out of here. I know I, the Bible says in James chapter 4, verse 7, Submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I don't know what some people are waiting for before they start resisting. I think they're waiting for an ugly creature saying, I'm going to kill you, with drool coming down his face, right? A little point and a goatee and horns. and Don't wait for that to start resisting. He's doing a lot more than just scaring people. Are you listening? Online, are you listening to this? There are people, there's Christians all over the place yielding to things because they feel good. They're yielding to things because there's no oppression. Um, so what's one of the things we need to be on guard for according to this verse right here? Something that seems bright and baby feels all right. We, um, we did our Arise Shine in here this Monday because our studio, we were doing some work in the studio upstairs. And I found myself saying, some, saying something I never said before. We were talking about this very scripture right here. And I said these words on, online, live on, at 9 o'clock on Monday morning. I said, you know, just because it's bright doesn't mean it's right. According to this verse, we can see that. Just because it's bright doesn't mean it's right. Somebody tell me, how do we know if something's right? Right here. Not our feelings. We don't look to our feelings to see if it's right. We don't look to our, you know, the atmosphere to see if it's right. We look right here. We need to learn to be instrument-rated Christians. All right. So let's, let me read you a few things here. Let's get ready to go to another scripture. Go to the one in Ezekiel chapter 28. Ezekiel chapter 28. Now, I'm going to say a couple things tonight. I've never really said publicly before. I mean, maybe in some, some sense I have, but not quite as detailed as this. I just really feel like there's a lot of believers that when they see some of these things that we're going to talk about tonight, they're going to go, wait a second. I've been going that way because it feels right, but it ain't right. I've been thinking everything's okay because I feel right. Did you know... If you start to drift from God's plan for your life, you may feel less oppression for a while. <laughs> Are you following me? Not that you feel oppression when you're with God. I'm not saying that. But how many of you have ever felt a little bit of oppression since you've been a Christian? Isn't it interesting how it kind of comes and goes at times? Well, the enemy has got to make us feel feel like drifting from where God wants us is okay. Nobody would go the wrong way if it felt like the wrong way. Right? So what do you think the devil's going to try to do to get you to go the wrong way? Maybe even relieve a little bit of opposition against you. Just to get you to, to make you think the wrong way is God's way because, hey, this isn't bad. feels all right. But is it scriptural? Is it really what the Lord told you in your heart you were supposed to do years ago? It's interesting how sometimes the enemy will back off on a little bit of his opposition if he sees us starting to drift from the things that God's called us to to make us think it's God just because it feels okay. You, you got to watch out. Satan... 
He is a master at working through people's feelings. He's constantly trying to get people to follow their feelings. And we're supposed to cast down everything. Dreams, suggestions, impressions, feelings that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Did you ever read that in 2 Corinthians 10? It says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing. That include feelings that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing in the captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. It's a full-time job. So let's look here at Ezekiel 28. Ezekiel chapter 28. We're going to talk about understanding demonic influences a little bit better tonight so we can be a little bit on guard. I, um, I mean, God gave us feelings. But they were never intended to be the Lord of our life. You know, calling the final shots and final authority. Feelings were never, ever supposed to be the number one directing force of our life. Never. You know, you've made a good stride in spiritual development. The day what you know is more important to you than what you feel. You made a really good stride in your spiritual development the day you decided to be more, more controlled by what you know than what you feel. And this has nothing to do with following your heart. That, that's a whole nother thing. But a lot of people get following their heart mixed up with following their emotions. No. You need to stop at times and just think, okay... Where are my feelings on the inside of me? Because both your spirit, where God speaks to you, and your feelings are sometimes messed up. They're both on the inside. And you have to sometimes just think, okay, where's that feeling? Where's that feeling? Okay, try to locate that feeling, that emotion. Okay, there it is. Well, you have to go deeper to locate your heart, your spirit. You have to go deeper than your feelings because the Bible talks about the spirit bears witness with our spirit. Witness is a knowing, not a feeling. Like a witness in the court of law. Yeah. You're not going to get somebody on the witness stand going, well, I just feel they're guilty, judge. Get off the stand. If you don't have any witness, if you don't have any firsthand witness, you ain't no witness. But I just feel like they're guilty or I just feel like they're innocent. What are they going to do? Judge is going to say, go home, dude. Right? It don't matter what you feel. You ain't no witness unless you've seen something or know something. Well, I just feel they're guilty or I just feel they're innocent. That's not a witness. A witness is more of a knowing and you have to go deeper than your feelings to see that inward knowing. Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Well, here in Ezekiel 28, one of my most favorite passages in the entire Word of God, it's just the, the, the prophet tapped into some eternal mysteries here from uh, eternity, be, in, eternity, eternity past. I mean, just amazing what the Lord revealed to Ezekiel here. We're going to read here about the origin of Lucifer, who later became Satan, the devil, that old serpent. But his original God-given name was Lucifer. This is before Lucifer decided to rebel against God. All right, and it talks about his rebellion as well. But look at verse 11. <clears throat> Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, Ezekiel, saying... Son of man, this is God now talking. Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus. Now stop right there, if you would please. He just had a word for the prince of Tyrus, which was a man. Now he's talking to a power behind the scenes, which was the devil. And Jesus said, the prince of this world comes, but he has nothing in me. And the Bible talks about rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. So here he's, he's addressing Satan as even somebody above the prince that was in the land, the physical prince. And you'll see that here in the next couple of verses. Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus. Who is this king? Well, look. And say unto him, Thus says the Lord God, you king of Tyrus, seal up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Now, now notice the next verse. You have been in Eden, the garden of God. This is not a man. <laughs> no man could have been in the garden of Eden at this time. We're talking thousands of years later after Adam and Eve. So he's talking about the devil here. And he noticed the verse that says perfect in beauty. What should we be looking out for when we start resisting? 
something with a bunch of warts on it and cracked skin and blood dripping and what should we be looking for when it comes to resisting the devil maybe something that's really really attractive maybe something that's bright and feels good maybe something that's wow and I want you to interpret some of the things I'm saying tonight in the light of what you feel at times oh that just feels awesome but question, is it awesome? Or does it just feel awesome? And is it a trick of the enemy to lure you into something away from God's best, thinking that because of the feelings over here, it's more God than over here? No, the word is always God. Feelings are not always God. All right, church? So perfect, notice the words, perfect in beauty. You have been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardius, the topaz, the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, the gold. Whoa, this dude's decked out. Can, can anybody say beautiful? Yeah. Say beautiful. Look at that. I mean, uh, and then he says, the workmanship of your tablets and of your pipes was prepared in you the day you were created. So th this is a, a God talk about creating Lucifer now he's also he's also very very talented in the music area Lucifer the day your tablets and your pipes were prepared in you and the day you were created he 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 has a lot of influence today in the music of our world and has all through history he has a lot of influence because he's very gifted in that area and just like the Lord anoints people to play supernaturally and come up with songs supernaturally, the enemy will oblige people who are open and yielded to evil powers with uh, ungodly empowerment, ungodly ability. I mean, you listen to some of the music out there today, you know as well as I do, there's an anointing on some of it and it's not from above. I mean, I think even Dan, I don't know, a while back, Jimi Hendrix, he, I heard that he said that that there's time he was in a three-piece band he played guitar he had a bass player and a drummer he said there were times we'd be playing on stage and we just all started playing the same thing didn't know how you know they're all strung out and drugs and heroin and all this stuff and they just said they started playing a song and they all knew exactly what to play they all knew exactly where to go and the riffs and the changes it's like that's that's like a demonic help to do stuff like that we look on the other side, what if we yield to God in this area? Well, we'll start playing songs from heaven that earth hasn't even heard yet. People start getting healed left and right when we do. Songs of deliverance. But here it talks about, so you really have to watch out. There's some music you should not listen to. It stirs things up in you that are not from the Lord. There's people that have been stirred up by hearing certain songs and went out and started mutilating people. I'm not saying the song was the whole problem and all that, like you could sue the artist or something, but I think some of these people need to be in check. You don't just release a bunch of filth. There's innocent ears out there. But, you know, there's some songs you can listen to, and before you know it, you'll be lusting out for somebody. Stirs up lust. Well, do you ever remember the scripture in John 8, 44? It says, Jesus talking to the Pharisees of the day, you know, that were just totally messed up. He said, you're of your father, the devil, and the lusts of your father you will do. What is lust? This, see, I'm, I'm talking about all these things so we know what to resist. So we don't just do this silent mental warfare. Maybe we should open up our mouth once in a while and say, hey, get out of here. I resist that in Jesus' name. Yeah. Well, lust, another, another term for lust is feel good. Yeah. Feels good. Are you going to have to resist some feels good at times? Are you going to have to resist some seemingly bright things at times? Yes. Are you going to have to resist some beautiful things at times? Yes. Isn't this interesting? Yeah. Come on, read on here a little bit with me. It says in verse 14, You are the anointed cherub. So there it is right there. We know it's not a man. This is an angel. This is a class of an angel. Cherubs, cherubim, seraphim. Archangel, etc. So you are the anointed cherub that covers. God said, I have set you so. You are upon the holy mountain of God. You have walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created 
until iniquity was found in you. And that was by his own doing. By the multitude of your merchandise, they have filled the midst of you with violence, and you have sinned. Therefore, I'll cast you out as profane out of the mountain of God, and I'll destroy you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Verse 17. Your heart was lifted up. There it is again. Because of your beauty. The enemy really works in this area, not only to get us to go after things that look beautiful that aren't, but even to try to make people think about themselves in this area. Um, there's, well, I won't share that story right now, but you have to watch out about thinking you're so beautiful that maybe you're missing out on some stuff and maybe you should have taken a different road in life or because the enemy will be right there to encourage you in that because he's, he's done it. He's already, he was lifted up because of his beauty. He's trying to get other people lifted up because of their beauty or whatever. It may be a talent or money or whatever to get them off. And it says here, you have corrupted your wisdom. So does he have wisdom? <laughs> it's devilish, but it's, I am, um, <laughs> gosh, I don't know if I want to say this, but there's been times Carl and I have had a few disagreements. Just a few. <laughs> you know, a hundred's a few compared to a million, right? <laughs> we, we've had a few disagreements in our time. Lord helps us get through all of them. And there's been times in those disagreements, I knew I should have shut up. You know, you know, you, you're about ready to say something. You know, this just clear everything up. You know, this just make everything right. You know, this, this will prove that I'm right. You know I mean, I mean it's, it's so simple, right? I mean, it's almost like this spirit of an evil lawyer comes in the room. I mean, I'm talking wisdom. I'm talking smart stuff. Stuff that Carl at times had no reply to. Except, it's <laughs> not the right spirit, honey. <laughs> Well, I try not, I, I'm not doing, I'm, I, put, I believe I'll never do that again, but have you ever yielded to, and said something that was really wise, but you knew you shouldn't have said it because it was a wrong spirit involved? <laughs> Come on, somebody raise their hand, please. <laughs> well, there's been times I've said things, and you talk about, I mean, technically right? Are you kidding me? People go to eight years of college to learn how to talk like that. I got it in one disagreement at home where this atmosphere came in the room that wasn't God. I say, Pastor, you actually missed it? Well, once. <laughs> you can talk to my wife later about that. But here, so what do we have to resist? Do you see all that? What, what are we looking for? When do we start going no? When do we start saying stop? When do we start saying I'm not going that? When? When it's ugly and gross and bloody? Or when some of these things try to push us in a direction against the love of God? Or to go a direction that violates love? Or to go a direction that violates faith? Our principles of the scriptures? Our godliness? Our holiness? Oh my goodness. Do you know how many people, do you know how many people left their marriage covenant because something else felt way better. Do you know how many people have left relationships because something, the sense of going a different direction was so wonderful. And there's people that said, I just don't love my spouse anymore. I love this other person now. And I, don't, I can't control that. I can't control that. If you're demon-possessed, you can't control that. But come on, you're not demon-possessed. You're just following your flesh. We can do anything we want, say anything we want, go anywhere we want, do anything we want. And if we're going to follow our feelings, we're going to eventually get in big trouble. You have to take everything back to the Word of God and take everything back to the love of God. I mean, there's times the love route is going to hurt. The lust route is going to feel wonderful. Now, I'm going to show you in just a second here that the, the feel wonderful route has a very short time span. Very short, uh, you know, real, real, real quick expiration date, basically. But let's, let's finish reading this here. It says, you are... Um, 
uh, what verse we at? Verse 16, where are we at? 17? Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty, talking about Lucifer. You've corrupted your wisdom by reason of your brightness. That's the word brightness again. Everything bright isn't right. Huh? God said, I'll cast you to the ground. I'll lay you before kings that they may behold you. Keep going. You have defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your traffic. Therefore will I bring forth a fire from the midst of you. It will devour you, and I'll bring you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold you. Let's read a few more. Keep going. All they that know you among the people shall be astonished at you. You shall be a terror, and never shall you be any more. Alright, let's look at another scripture in John chapter 8. We're, we're, trying to get a, we're trying to get some knowledge in us tonight about what should we be on guard for. You ready? Good stuff. That's not in line with Bible stuff. What should you be on guard for? See, the enemy knows you're not going to fall for the pitchfork. He knows you're not going to fall for the demonic. He knows you're not going to fall for blatant sin. He's got to figure out a different way to get you off track, to get you off the perfect will of God, to get you out of the place you're supposed to be. He's got to figure out a different way because nobody goes down a road that feels wrong. He's got to make it feel good. He's got to make it seem good. And we need to know this word so much that when a thousand good feelings come our way and bright lights come our way and beauty comes our way, ah, it's not God. Ah, that doesn't go along with this scripture, this scripture, this scripture, this scripture, and this scripture. Hmm? Now please, don't misunderstand me. Feelings are good in their place. But they're a terrible God. They are a terrible final authority of what you should and shouldn't do in your life. Feelings are wonderful. Nobody wants... It. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this, and I'll give you a personal testimony here in just a minute, but there's been times I have felt thick oppression. I heard the word, get out. And it was the devil trying to get me away from the things of God where I was called to. And if I was going by my feelings, oh my goodness, I would have got out, got out of the word of faith, got out of the Kenneth Hagin teachings, got out of this and that, and my life, who knows where it would be right now, I probably would have been sealed for the rest of my life in a terrible path. Thank the Lord I had enough sense to realize this oppression doesn't mean I'm not supposed to be here. This is an attack of the devil to get me out of a place he doesn't want me. He's got to convince me that this isn't God. This isn't God. Throw the feelings. Throw the oppression. Throw the darkness. You know, get out. Get out. Fear. Throw the fear. Why? Trying to get you out of a good place by making you feel like the good place is an oppressive place. Now, I'm saying some high-level stuff here, but we're coming upon some hours and days in the, in the future coming up. We need to know some of these things because the enemy is doing his best to get people out of their place, to get people out of their call, to get people out. And we need, to be, we need to be more knowledgeable of the scriptures than he is. I am, this may sound strange, it's Wednesday night, right? Midweek meet. This might be a little meaty, but, um, how, you know, I'm not going to go there right yet. Why don't we, where did I tell you to go? John 8. Let's read this first. I don't want to get off track here. 844. I want you to notice something Jesus said about the devil. And again, keep in mind what we should be on guard for. Jesus talking to the religious leaders of the day, they were just all messed up. They weren't, they, they, they were messed up. He said, you're of your father, the devil, and the lusts of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. He abode not in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own. For he's a liar and the father of it. Now, there's a whole bunch we could look at in this verse. Liar, murderer, thief. Um, but I want you to notice the first part. The lust of your father you will do. Again, this is that area that you have to be on guard for because really, if you look at the word lust, we're talking about something that feels, wow. Whether, no matter what our area of appetite it may be. Mental, solical, emotional, physical, Whatever. Lust is very appealing 
to, to the flesh part of man's nature. And it's not going to feel demonic. It's going to feel wow. I mean, who ever heard of resisting wow? <laughs> you better resist wow. These are the things we have to be on guard for. So go to Hebrews chapter 11. This goes right along with that verse there. In Hebrews 11, this is talking about Moses and why he didn't run to the world for pleasure and why he didn't run to Egypt for all the fame and fortune, why he stayed with God's plan even though there was some suffering involved. Hebrews chapter 11, this is the hall of fame of faith. All these faith men and women are recorded in this chapter. And it says in verse 24, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, in other words, he grew up, he developed. This is what mature people do. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now, that's a whole teaching in itself. If you realize what he refused here, he refused fame, fortune, in line to be the next Pharaoh, deliver his people, Israel, his own way. I mean, all this stuff, but he grew up and realized, no, no, that's a, that's a demonic counterfeit. I'm not going to deliver Israel that way by becoming the next Pharaoh. He said he grew up and he refused anymore to be called the, uh, the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Moses choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy. Everybody say enjoy. Okay, we're talking about things to be aware of, things we need to resist. Now, I'm not crazy. There's a lot we're going to enjoy. God's got some joy for us way beyond this world's got for us. We talk about fullness of joy, right? We're talking about serving God, fullness of joy. God wants us to enjoy things. He wants to bless us with things so we can enjoy things. But there's also an enjoyment in the devil's way. He said... He, ch he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Now this is a choice he made because he grew up. When you grow up, you realize your feelings aren't your God. When you grow up, you realize pleasure is not number one. When you grow up, you realize that everything everybody else is going after is not what we're going after. Um, just read the next verse. Moses esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for Moses had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Next verse. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. That's us. We see him who's invisible, and it keeps us on the right road. Pleasure doesn't pull us off. Worldly entertainment doesn't pull us off. Demonic beauty doesn't pull us off. What feels good doesn't pull us off. Because we're growing up like he. When Faith Heights Church came to years, we refused all these counterfeits for the real thing. Look at Revelation 12, and let me say this to you. So we're talking, we, we got to watch out for some of these bright things. We got to watch out some of these for these beautiful situations. We got to watch out about these feel-good situations, some of them. We got to watch out about the pleasure zone in a lot of these areas. Um, another thing that the devil is like the author of is rebellion. And rebellion's interesting stuff because a lot of people are rebelling and they don't know it. They're just kind of looking at it as, well, I'm just doing what I want to do. i got a free will. Not realizing that if they're believers, you, you know, it's interesting to think that, you know, you and I are going to at times have to repent for rebellion. Because we went our way instead of God's way. Maybe because it was easier or maybe because it looked more fancy or maybe whatever. But rebellion is something a lot of the church needs to become aware of and repent of. Uh, don't, don't think that just because you're a Christian, you know, you can't rebel. You know what rebellion is? Rebellion is basically this. Getting your own way. The devil works with trying to tempt us. Well, do what you want. You do what you want. God gave you free will. Do, do what you want. Do it your way. 
Rebelling has a lot to do with getting your own way. So what are you going to have to resist at times? <laughs> Something that feels really good, like getting your own way. Why? Because the enemy works with this stuff. The enemy will tempt us to go the route of getting our own way. Whether it be in dealings with another business partner or, or uh, somebody in the church or just God himself. You're going to have to realize that uh, the devil loves coming up to people and saying, you can do this. You have a right to do this. Oh, you, you could do that. Hey, nobody can, nobody can tell you you can't do that. Come on, you, you could choose whatever you want. Go ahead. What should you do at times like that? Well, act like there's a rattlesnake coming to bite you and resist it. <laughs> right? Some of these things are more deadly than rattlesnakes. We have to see some of these things as scorpions and serpents and tread on them. So in Revelation 12, and look at verse 10, Revelation 12, 10, it says, John said, I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, the devil, which accused them before our God night, day and night. I wanted to bring that out because it feels good to find fault in other people. So you don't look so bad. Right? So, so again, something like this is going to be connected with it feels good to find fault in other people so I don't look so bad for the mistakes I've made. See, a lot of this stuff is just, it's candy-coated, guys. It smells good. It seems good. It seems bright. It feels right. Doesn't mean it is right. Nobody would go down a wrong road if it felt like a wrong road. Can I say that again? Nobody would go down a wrong road if it felt like a wrong road. So the devil's got to make us somehow feel like it's not wrong to go against the road that God wants us on. He's got to get it to feel okay to drift from our place. He's got to make it feel okay to get away from where God wants us. He's got to make it feel okay to not go by certain scriptures. And this is so interesting. I... Um, you know, this whole pandemic thing brought out a lot of things from us, you know, good and bad. I'm sure all of us, we've all been tested and tried and, and we kind of see where we're at in some of our areas of faith and love. And um, it's interesting, but it, it's like you can have a scripture right in front of you that says, da-da-da-da-da-da. And at the same time go... I don't feel like that's right right now. That's not for me right now. That, that's not right right now. And people will go a different route. And the scripture's right there all along. What, why, why, how, how could you do that? The only thing I can think of is the feelings were stronger than the scripture to that person at that time. I don't understand it. It's like the scripture's plain. It's black and white. But they say, no, no, that, that's not... Now, I have, I have more joy doing this over here. Well, <laughs> newsflash, more joy doing something other than Scripture is not God's joy. I think sometimes the devil backs off on oppression when he sees we're drifting, so he thinks we're going God's way. Does that make sense? Sometimes the enemy backs off on his oppressive attacks against our life when he sees us drifting away from where he has us to make us think that we're doing God's will, even though there's scriptures saying you're not. You, you, you got to have scripture for your decisions. We don't just make decisions because we feel like... Now, little tiny stuff, no big deal. But when it comes to direction in life, when it comes to, you know, things that mean something, we better have more than a feeling verifying it's the right way. We were saying on a rise shine on Monday again just a few days ago that um, you know if you're going to say I have faith, you also got to say I have scriptures to back up what I'm believing for because just saying you have faith doesn't mean you have faith. You can't have faith for anything unless you know it's God's will, and his, the word is God's will. So if you don't have scripture, anybody can say I have faith. I mean I can say I'm an astronaut. I'm not. I can say it. You know, but. You have to have scriptures if you're actually in faith about something. Well, you have to have scriptures 
when you're talking about decisions in your life, you can't just make decisions based on feelings and emotions. And people have gotten really messed up in this area. Um, let me read you a couple things here. Don't be surprised if there's not much initial opposition against your life when you start to steer away from the path you once knew was God's will for your life. Satan wants you to feel like all is well as you're drifting from what you know the Bible says. Satan wants you to feel like all is well as you're drifting from what you know the Bible says. Many things feel right that they're not right at all. Are you guys following me here? You know... Yes, we resist fear. Yes, we resist sickness and disease. Well, we need to get aware of some of these things we need to be resistant to. Stuff that you, part of you don't want to resist. It's not seem to be hurting you. It actually seems like maybe it'd be really nice. It's interesting to resist something that's beautiful. And I'm not talking physical attraction. It's interesting to resist something that's bright. Because God is light. It's interesting to resist something that feels right, feels good. It's interesting to resist something that's, that has pleasure. This is pleasurable. We have to resist these things too. Not just the evil and the grotesque. We got to resist this beautiful stuff. Feelings that say, it's okay, you know. I, I know, you know, sometimes, you know, people will, will stop going to church and things will feel all right and maybe even feel better. In a certain part of your life. And the whole trick of the enemy is to make you think, oh, well, if it feels better, it must be God. It could just be the enemy relaxing on his attacks against you. It could just be the enemy pulling back a little on his, you know, opposition against you. Sure, the Lord's going to love us no matter where we go or what we do, but we need to realize some of these, some of these temptations and some of this demonic warfare is beautiful. Feels right, pleasurable, bright. First scripture, right? Satan himself transformed himself into an angel of light. Be on guard, church. The Lord's given you some revelation tonight. Be on guard. Everything that looks beautiful is not the Lord. Everything that feels right is not the leading of God. Everything that seems right is not the leading of God. Come on, what do we go back to to know if it's God or not? Scripture and what we know that we know, we know, we know the Lord told us in the beginning, which always lines up with Scripture. Nobody would go the wrong way if it felt like the wrong way. Just because it's bright doesn't mean it's right. Just because it's bright and feels right doesn't mean it's God. Now, we have to acknowledge some of these things because the truth will set you free, right? Many have gone the way that felt right thinking it was God's way. The devil wants you feeling really good and peaceful and happy as you're veering off of God's path for your life. Duh. I mean, why would the devil want to attack you if you're veering off of God's plan for your life? Now, he will eventually attack and kill. He kills his own. Are you following me? But if he can get a Christian or a believer off track, why would you want to harass somebody who's going the way you want them to go? Now, he'll eventually, boom, the anvil will hit and there'll be a flat pancake there. Right? But he has no problem, you know, leaving you alone while you're drifting from what the Lord has for your life. I know I've been a pastor for 34 years. I've seen people come and go throughout the years and the decades. And it's interesting how some people, they, um, they, they leave a church where they said God had called them to. This is exactly where we're supposed to be. People moving from out of state, coming had a dream, calling here. And then, you know, they, life happens and iron sharpen irons happens and some things don't go maybe the way everybody wants or you don't get your way or whatever, whatever. And then I, I, I've seen this. I've noticed this over the years how the enemy subtly crept in and somehow messed with a person's feelings and messed with a person's emotions and got them actually believing 
that this was oppressive to be where God's called me. And they stepped out of it for a while and they felt some kind of happiness, some kind of, oh, th yeah, this, this is real. This is real. Not realizing the enemy is playing with their brain and their emotions and trying to dupe them into thinking that, oh, this is, see, 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 you're free. See, see, feels wonderful. See, 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 this is where, see, oh, see all these wonderful feelings as God approving. This is the right move. And they are totally on a wrong track. And later, eventually, things happen. Bombs go off. All kinds of stuff goes on. And it's sometimes it's too late because they're so sealed in the wrong way. They go to that way in the, to their grave. It's interesting how the enemy is just so, he's such a seller of, I don't know, he, he, he really, I, I could just see him at times going up to people's ears and going, God loves you. I'll talk the devil says these words. The devil says these words. God loves you. Because see, he's saying that to set you up for the next deception that he's going to put in your brain. God loves you. You know, God God wants you happy. You know, you're, you're beautiful. You, you, you've been robbed. You, there's someplace else for you. Uh, you, you don't want to stay married to that person. They, they're holding you back. You, you could be a model. You could be a famous musician. You, you, could, you could be great in the business world. And You've been robbed. You're beautiful. Jesus loves you. He wants you happy. And it's all geared to get you to leave your faith in what you once knew was totally God. Hey, can, can I just say this, guys? What if it was a little bit tough from now until we, we see Jesus face to face? What, what if for the next 30, 40, 50 years? What, what, if, it's, what if it's a little tough every day? Whoop-dee-doo. What's 50 years compared to eternity? What's another 40 years compared to eternity? What if it was a little rough every day? Like, take up your cross daily and follow me. What if it was a little crossy every day? Huh? So what? We are not reward-minded enough. We are not rewards in the next life minded enough. There are real rewards going to be passed out not too long from now to people who did the will of God in this life even when it hurt. I said this on Sunday morning. I'm going to say it again. Anytime you or I hurt for God, for his work, for the gospel's sake, anytime we hurt at all in this life, there's a reward waiting for us in heaven because of that. Any hurt you go through in this life to do the will of God, you know, go to church, pray, walk in love, witness, bring others to church, pray for people. Anything that you hurt in your walk for God on this earth, you, there is a reward immediately stored up for you in heaven in the next life. And I know some people go, well, pastor, <laughs> I don't care about those rewards. I love the Lord. I don't care about those rewards. You say that now. There's coming a day. Real rewards are going to be given out to people in a real place called heaven. And everybody who's anybody is going to be there. David's going to pull up in his chariot of fire. Moses is going to come flying in on some Holy Ghost wind. <laughs> right? Joshua's going to be there. Paul's going to be there. Timothy's going to be there. Ruth is going to be there. Naomi's going to be there. Esther's going to be there. The meeting of all meetings. And you're going to go, hmm, maybe rewards are a big deal. Oh my, it's 826. Whoo! Let me quit here. Stand up, guys. Stand up with me. We, we don't have time to pray. I'm sorry. It went too long. Oh, okay. We'll just stop right there. We'll at least pray a prayer of agreement before we're dismissed. So go ahead and stretch a little bit and we'll say a, an agreement prayer and, and we'll head out. Father, right now we just thank you. Oh, Lord, everything we heard tonight, we're asking you. Expound it to us as the days unfold. Show us more about these things. Quicken us on the inside. Help us to see, Lord, in the crossroads of life, what's you and what just feels like you, what really is right or what just seems right. Lord, we're trusting you helped us tonight by your spirit. You've equipped us. We're going to have the cutting edge after tonight because you've helped us greatly. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. There is one thing I wanted to pray. So I really believe believers all over need to understand some of the things we talked about tonight. So let's just pray for all saints, just for a minute. 
Let's ask the Lord to open eyes of our brothers and sisters, those a part of Faith Heights Church and beyond Faith Heights Church. Father, we're asking that the believers of our generation, whether they're in this city, this county, this state, this country, or even beyond, we're asking, Father, for a spiritual development to happen in your people in this hour to help your people to come up above sly tricks of the devil, fiery darts, strategies of the enemy, subtle devices, that they might see what's really going on, that they might see the enemy and his workings, and that they might put their foot down and resist the devil and he will flee from them. Father, we pray that you would give us all a revelation deep in our hearts that no matter what it feels like, no matter what it seems like, no matter what it looks like, give us this revelation that your way is the best way. No matter what it feels like, your way is the best way. No matter how strong the temptation is, your way is the best way. No matter how pleasurable it seems, no matter how bright it may seem, your way is the best way. We will not be deceived by the angel of light. We will not be deceived by this beautiful one. We will not be deceived, Father, because we believe with all of our hearts that your way is the best way. And sometakisto bofromateka exti viante gemado vromonotek ikro zinateve ikando brovonteka zeishtepa keanto brofe ika defriante kosene brianche. And there will be times in your life, church, says the Spirit of the Lord, there will be times in your life, even in the very near future, where the only thing that's going to get you through the temptation is your faith in believing that God's way is the best way. You'll feel like another way is better. It'll seem like another way is more profitable. You must speak out of your spirit at that moment. God's way is the best way. I'll not fall for it, devil. I'll not fall for it. God's way is the best way. My spirit, soul, and body will want God's way when all is said and done. No, 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 no. Resist the lies of the enemy and shout from your heart, God's way is the best way. I'm not stupid. I'm not going the way that feels good or seems good or looks right or looks bright. I'm going God's way. God's way is the best way. God's way is the brightest way. God's way is the fullness of joy way. God's way is the fullness of peace way. God's way is the holy pleasurable way. And that's the way I will go. And as I do, I will see that I made the right choice and I'll rejoice forever because the Lord helped me to understand these things. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Father God. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab.